This is episode six of the Model Train Talk podcast, and I'm with my co-host, RJ, and today we are interviewing Wally and George from GFW Trains. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing great. Doing great. How about you guys? Uh, Good. Thanks for asking. Um, Again, thank you for coming on the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the first question is just, you know, kind of get your information out there and help the viewer kind of understand where you're coming from. So when did the hobby, you know, kind of first uh, pique your interests? Uh, so started, well, for me mainly, it started when uh, I was taken to a lot of train conventions and train shows. It's like a very little boy. I think my first train, like train related uh, meetup we did was, I think I was two weeks old. So uh, we did a, um, we went to a trolley museum in Elgin. And uh, yeah, I've just been going to train conventions, train shows since, you know, I was, I was able to, you know, say that, see the light of day. So, I mean, that's what basically where it all started for me. Um, so poor George was born into it. We're uh, 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 actually, you're seeing generation two and generation three of uh, a model train family here. Uh, my dad was really, really big into model trains. And um, I started going to train shows with my dad as long as I can remember. I think I was two or three years old going to shows all over the United States um, with him. He's an avid train collector, and I got into it and have been doing it my whole life. And George was just kind of – just as I was born into it, George was born into it. So uh, it's a generational thing in our family. That's very cool. Yeah, um, that's really cool. So I guess one of my other questions is – for you guys, what was your first train set, and you know why did it kind of pique your interests? So, well, my first train set was the Oskell Thompson train set. Uh, that was the first gen. Actually, no, it wasn't. It's was a first gen with the fast track. Um, that was my first train set. But my first uh, train was a uh, post-war Chesapeake and Ohio uh, six twenty-four uh, switcher. But uh, yeah, that was my very first train. Then my first train set was the. Uh, the Thomas set, but of course I had uh, I had already accumulated like a bunch of stuff before I'd gotten the, uh, the Thomas set. So I mean, I, I'd like to say, I, when somebody asks me that, I just say my first train, which is the six twenty four. You can see that behind us, right over here on the on the uh, the ramp behind us. Oh yeah, yeah, right back there. Okay, yeah, I see that in the back. Yeah, and uh, my first one was uh, um, it was an MPC Alco. It was a Lakeshore Limited Amtrak set. Came with an Amtrak Alco and three of the little 027 uh, um, passenger cars. Love that set to death. I got that for Christmas. I think I was three or four years old. Santa Claus brought it for me. Santa's always bringing it up. Santa Claus never fails. (laughs) Exactly. All right, RJ, you got any questions you would like to ask as well? So was there a specific moment where – like you knew that model railroading would be a passion that you would have for your entire life or just for a very long period in your life? Uh, not really. I mean, honestly, I, when I was really little, I thought model railroading was kind of something that everybody did. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I thought it was normal. I mean, you know, I thought going, because we'd go to people's houses and everybody that we went over to their house had a train layout in their basement. And not till I started going to school and stuff like that, I realized, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't a, a common thing. So, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of just, just happened. I mean, there hasn't really ever been a moment where it's 
I, I've always, it's always been a thing, you know, it's never been something where I've wanted to not do it, you know? So, I mean, I guess that, that is a, that's a funny way to put it, George. Cause it's true. It was like both of us were kind of born into it. You know, and I think it was a long, long time into our lives where we both realized, Hey, wait a second. Not everybody has a train layout in their basement. <laughs> um, but for me, it's been, um, I, like I said, I'm second generation and my father took me to all of these shows. And when I was growing up for the longest time, I was the youngest guy at the shows. I know you guys know the feeling and a lot of the people that are watching this know the feeling where you show up at the show and there are guys that are, the, the, the next youngest guy is, is 20, 25 years uh, older than you are. And he's, you're 20, minus 25 years and that's you. And that's kind of the age span. And that's the way it was for me. Um, and I um, belong to a group called the Train Collectors Association. Um, and we have a really, really robust division of the Train Collectors Association here in the Chicagoland area called the Midwest Division of the Train Collectors Association. And um, I actually became involved with the, the leadership of the Train Collectors Association at a really early age uh, and um, have served as president uh, for, for three times. When George was born, I was, I was the serving president of the division. And I think the time when it, I mean, so I, it was there, but I think that the time when it really set on me was when I realized that now there was somebody younger than me and I had to show them the hobby the way that I was shown. And, and part of that clicked seeing the way that my son uh, reacted to the hobby, you know, at a young age. And I, I really liked that. Would you mind kind of talking about more of the experience of coming in into TCA at a very young age and, you know, kind of um, once you were a little bit older, you had to show other people the way. Can you just kind of talk about that a little more? Because I feel like a lot of viewers on here are at a very young age and they're just kind of trying to find their right place. And can you just like talk about that a little more? Sure, sure. Well, the, the dynamic of the hobby has kind of changed a lot. When I first started going to train shows, I went with my father, and my father um, was a collector. He's a train collector, and he has got a magnificent train collection with just about, uh, and you, you probably will think I'm lying when I tell you this, but I think that he has just about every piece of post-war train that's out there. Um, and, and I've helped him collect it over the past 40 years. Uh, it's just, it's something that we've done as a father and son um, bonding. But um, the when we first started going, it was very much a, a collecting organization as opposed, or, you know, the, 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 the model train scene, at least with O-Gage trains, was very much uh, a collecting scene as opposed to an operating scene. Um, the, in fact, at the time, most of the better trains were trains that were produced 30 years previous to that. You know, it was the MPC era, and while they were producing trains, you know, stuff from the post-war era was much, it was much nicer trains. And um, I think over the years that that's changed um, where the collecting has shifted to more of an operating. And um, the way that I've always thought about it is, you know, uh, so you guys are generation one or generation three. I'm generation two. My dad's generation is generation one. Okay. At least in terms of, uh, of, O-scale trains. Uh, I'm sure there was ones before them, but no when, 
months. When George's grandfather, my father, was growing up, trains was the coolest toy to have. You know, that, that was the thing. Everybody had trains, and, and it was the, the top-of-the-line toy. It was the thing that everybody wanted to have. But over the years, trains went from being something that was not necessarily the top-of-the-line toy. You know, the next thing came in was slot cars. And then after slot cars, there was something else, and video games, and so on and so forth as it, as it progressed. And by the time that I came along, I never really experienced, uh, when I was a youth, trains being, uh, uh, like, or at least O-gauge trains being a modeled aspect where trains were cutting edge where it was cutting edge technology. And if you think about it too, I mean like his generation was more like secluded than uh, our generation because they didn't have like the internet to, uh, you know, meet other people our age and to talk trains with. I mean, their, their train buddies were parents of, you know, other collectors that they hung out with at train shows. You know, they were more local people where I'm sure there were other people that were into trains. They just never got a chance to bond because they didn't, they, they couldn't, you know? They were separated. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's another way to put it. Sure, sure. And I think the coolness then now is that that's kind of looped back around where the technology is there, where model trains, model O-gauge trains are cutting-edge technology. You know, somebody that is in this Generation 3 like you guys, the trains that are available are – it's cutting edge stuff. The smoke, the 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 command sounds. systems, the sounds, it's all just cutting edge. And that's something that, that draws people in. And here was here was kind of to George's point, one of the things that was hard for generation two, my generation, is there when I was younger, they were collectibles. You know, these are things to be to be collected, displayed, and not to be operated and touched. And I think that there is a kind of, I hate to say it, there's almost a missing generation, which is my generation. And I almost feel an obligation to try and loop as many people like you, George, RJ, to, 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 to the passion of the hobby. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I, that's why it's really cool that you guys are doing this and reaching out and being able to coalesce the hobby because it's something that, it, that is sorely needed. Again, to George's point, I, I mean, the technology is there now where you guys can all share ideas and coalesce and, and memorialize things, you know, just like uh, what you say that, that is a mission statement for what you'd like to do, which is really cool. Thank you. I mean, before this podcast, I had been in model railroading for, since I was five years old, I got my first model train. And I probably had never talked to anybody whether online or in person, that also had model trains just because nobody my age around here has them. Maybe they put them around the Christmas train. And then Sam invited me on to do his podcast. And now, you know, Sam and I are talking about model trains. And I've met Steve. Steve, I didn't even know. He lives two towns over from me. And now I get to talk to him and I'm able to go and see his layout. And I've never seen anybody's own personal layout before. And even Corey, and now I'm talking with you guys, it's, it's just a real nice thing that we're able to now, you know, trying to form this community of uh, model railroaders. I love it. I love it. And I'm so glad that, that there is a group of guys like yourself that feel empowered to do that, too. 
thumbs up for you guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, you know, it's just kind of a passion for me. Um, you know, I just like to help people. And if I'm able to do that in some way involving trains, it's it means a lot to me personally. And so I guess another um, topic, you guys were talking about, you know, the switch between collecting and operating. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of interesting you say that because when I, you know, talk to Steve, um, he has a lot of stuff that he's just collected. He hasn't mm -hmm. really run it. Right. He hasn't really done much with it. He just collects. And the same thing with my grandfather. He collected a lot of stuff and just had a certain certain trains that he ran and everything else was on a shelf or in a box never touched. And now it's like, like my generation and stuff like that. Like we get to like play with these engines now and it's more, I guess, interactive. You could say, would you agree? Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where we appreciate the, the collectible kind of stuff, but I mean, it's, it's always been that thing that, you know, you've been told not to, not to touch, you know, at the top of the shelf. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's cool and all, but I personally enjoy the, the operating aspect of trains more than the collecting just because, I mean, you know, you get to play with them, you know, it's the reason why they're called toy trains, you know? Agreed and agreed. And I, I think, though, that one of the things that I really think is cool about you three young men that are on here is that I'm not, I'm not discounting that at all. And I think that that's probably the hook for all of you. But all of you, too, and this is something that I, you know, as a from my viewpoint, I also think that there's a secondary appreciation for all of that stuff too. You know, that you guys have developed an appreciate, you know, there's appreciation on both sides. It's not just like I'm an operator. You know, you guys look up and, oh my gosh, 671 turbine, how cool is this? You know, or uh, um, look, I, I just got this line up prairie from the, from the antique store. Can you believe I just found this? <laughs> I mean, I don't know about RJ, but for me personally, when I started, um, when I started getting into the hobby and stuff, a lot of it was just to operate. But as I've kind of matured and grown up, I really appreciate the at least the post-war Lionel, for that matter. Um, I mean, I appreciate all of it, obviously, but I like history a lot, and Lionel post-war has a lot of history with it. And so I've been, I've been, I guess, leaning more towards the collector spectrum of keeping things and putting them on the shelf. I've started to get really particular about what actually is run and what is put on the shelf. I don't know about you, RJ. Uh, how do you feel? What do you, where do you, where do you lean? I play with all of my trains. <laughs> um, so I, I touched on this briefly in the original podcast where Sam interviewed me, but my first introduction to model trains was the, I love toy train series. And there they would, you know, crash and, you know, have fun <laughs> with the old post-war trains. Oh no. Which, <laughs> always i always had this fascination with the older post-war lionel stuff and my first train set was actually a mth santa fe super chief um just because i loved the lionel post-war version and eventually i just get a lionel ready to run starter sets but now that i have a little bit more disposable income um i'm I'm finally starting to build my post-war collection and returning to the, you know, original stuff that got me into this hobby in the first place. You know, and I, I think I'm the same way with you. I, I appreciate the post-war kind of stuff, but for example, I mean, I've got this post-war piece that was given to me uh, by my grandfather. And I, and I mean, I've heard that it's a highly, you know, collectible piece, 
but I don't care what he says or my grandfather says, I'm going to run it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't just, it's, and I, I like to collect more of the stuff that you can run that runs well, you know, and I appreciate the, the rare, the rarity of the other stuff, but why spend a lot of money on something that it's just going to sit on a shelf, you know? That's a, that's a very valid point for that side of the spectrum. Um, I guess for me and collecting, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it has a lot of potential value and it has a lot of history with it. And I, I'm personally, I'm very clumsy, so I might trip and fall and it might break and I'm just kind of scared of that. So, I mean, I always get out, I mean, all the trains that I even display too, I get them out and run them sometimes, but I run a lot more train, like a select few trains more than others. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting how we all have different views of like, I'm going to run a train no matter what, or... <laughs> You know, I kind of understand where this train is coming from, and I'm just going to very carefully run it every once in a while. It's just kind of interesting to see all that in different perspectives. RJ, do you have any more questions for these guys before we move on to a different topic? So I was just wondering, what was your inspiration behind starting your YouTube channel? You guys, have, you guys are really popular amongst the train community, over 1,000 subscribers, you know, one of the few model railroading channels that have reached that mark. So was it this passion of like trying to pass it on to the next generation that sparked it? Or was it something else that sparked the YouTube channel? This is going to sound really funny, but I started it because of Thomas. The wooden railway kind of stuff. I mean, I was like, I was that, that weird nine-year-old kid with the Thomas train set up on his, his kitchen table. And uh, there's a, the first GFW train. Well, originally I'm there, I, was, I created the channel. Um, and I was, there's a guy in our train club. He's, uh, he was the, the next youngest person, um, besides me. And his name is, uh, Tim Fron. And he's got a YouTube channel that was called TDF Lines. And, uh, I had started the channel and I named it GD, GFW Trains. So, I mean, if you can just see the, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was originally like Thomas stuff. And then I kind of just started making stuff on like model railroading and I had just, it was basically just like for whatever, you know? And, uh, then, um, as I got older, I kind of just got out of the Thomas stuff. Um, and I, we, I mean, we, I, uh, started playing with this stuff more. I had always played with the O gauge stuff, but I mean, I, I really started to focus on, you know, the, the O scale. And, uh, I think then I had make videos here and there until, uh, you know, he wanted to start a channel called train buds with me, uh, my dad and my grandfather talking about skill trains and uh we um uh he he'll tell you that i didn't want to do it but uh i mean i was i, I was kind of i was interested in it and uh i guess it never really you know happened until uh, and we started using my channel because I, by then i think i had about 300 subscribers already um and he started making you know really good videos um and we just posted them on my channel and that's kind of how it happened and we're really hoping once this uh the whole stay at home thing you know is lifted and everything's safe again we'll incorporate my grandfather into a lot of this too um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it started i mean but uh yeah george was the inspiration i gotta tell you that i um as youtube started to crescendo to be something big I thought to myself, oh, I'd like to start a YouTube channel on something. And I thought, you know, I was like, I, I like, I love canoeing. So my first thought was, is like, 
uh, maybe I'll do a, a YouTube channel on canoeing. And I thought, well, I think at the peak, if I started a YouTube channel on canoeing, I could get the five people in the United States that cared about it. And, the, and that would be it when it would max out. <laughs> so then I started thinking, I was like, well, you know, trains, we do all, we do so much cool stuff that in trains. Why don't we do a, a, a train YouTube channel? And I had this idea of, you know, train buds with my dad, my, my uh, son and I doing something. And I pitched it to my son. He, does, he claims this isn't it, but I swear it was this. <laughs> he looked at me like, Dad, I'm already doing that. What are you thinking? <laughs> and then it clicked. I'm not the smartest guy around. And then it clicked with me. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you do have one of those. So then we, uh, you know, we just kind of um, poured ideas and resources and everything like that into the GFW Trains channel with George and making the, you know, the, the, George is kind of the face of the channel. And um, I enjoy um, – the, the production end of things, but it's also a great excuse for us to do to incorporate the train hobby and, and do it in a, a father son sense or, or even a three generational sense, grandpa, father, son. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. That's kind of why I had you guys on the podcast today. Um, just kind of seeing that perspective and stuff like that. So you guys talk about how, you, you know, uh, George's grandfather, your father, collected post-war, and then you were into trains, you know, in the MPC era, era and now, you know, now we're in the modern era. So in, in today, do you, is there like one particular group that you try to, you know, collect and operate the most, or is it just, oh, that's a nice MPC locomotive, that's a nice post-war piece of rolling stock, and you'll pick it up? Well, um, I, I personally... I've um, like it all. I, I really do. I like when I go to a train show, my eyes first go to the post-war stuff because that's kind of like what I, uh, my dad will literally tell you if he ever talks about me, he's like, yeah, I, I trained my son good. He's like my hunting <laughs> dog. I bring him to a train show and he goes out and finds me trained. Literally, and there are stories that he tells Like there'll be the, this like post-war boxcar in the cabinet, right? And uh, he'll point to it and tell somebody that, like, when he was 10 years old, my grandpa was in a conversation with somebody. My dad saw this boxcar, and he was, like, you know, tugging on his dad's shoulder to, to go and buy it. And, he, and he, he got mad at him for doing that. But then when he found out why he was doing it, he was like, wait, whoa. <laughs> so, um, so I like that stuff. And, um, and then the other thing, too, I, uh, George has really sucked me into – um, all of the, it, not necessarily, it was an easy job. Uh, a lot of the more modern stuff, the, the, you know, with all of the, literally the bells and the whistles and the, yeah. the scale and, and everything like that. Um, but I, I know that you, all three of you know, um, like when you're sitting in the car with your parents and they tune the radio station to like some really garbagey music and you're like, I can't believe my parents listen to this stuff. That's the way I am about MPC, man. I, I, that's what I grew up with. I know that stuff, too. <laughs> and that, that's like, oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. That bison. I, so funny, funny story was, is, and I don't even think I told you this, Sam, is that when I had you on, my, uh, um, on the GFW Trains um, live stream, you're showing your collection, and you zoom by one thing, and it was one that I always wanted. I was like, oh, oh, my God, Sam's got it. I think I know what it is. Is it the TCA Bicentennial Special? Yes! Yeah. 
I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess. Oh, uh, go ahead. And I just, I just, I laugh at that because that that was one. You know, I think I would, if you would have, you know, that you had some other cool, th- some really cool stuff. You know, the the Mikado that you had and everything like that. But I think that if you said, Wally, which piece would you want in my collection? I'd be like, Yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> funny, funny story about that. Um, at my local train club, or not my train club, train store, which unfortunately went out of business. Um, but it was basically a warehouse just filled with trains. Um, you can go through boxes of like um, new inventory and literally just trains everywhere. And so there was a the a plastic that that white plastic fold fold table um, that you see at like parties and stuff. And it had trains all over it. It was dusty. It was dirty. It was it was. And so it's kind of in the back corner of like the store. And so I went past it a couple times. I saw the train. Didn't think much of it. But, you know, since my mom's dad collected, my mom kind of knows a little bit more than the average person does about trains. And she really understands, like, the value and stuff like that. And so she came over and she's like, you need to get this one. And I was like, why? Like, I was like, I, like when I first got in the hobby, like, I was very um, tunnel vision. I really knew what I was looking for. And if I didn't find it, I wasn't going to get anything. Um, but now I'm, like, really, like, everywhere. But I was just like, I don't, I don't know what this is and she's like she's telling me about it and how it's like tca bicentennial special and you know how they released it like only i think one year right (laughs) uh, no it had three passenger cars and there was another set with like the 13 box cars with all the original colonies and and she's like you need to get it you need to get it i was like i I looked at it and i was like i'm interested it was kind of cool like i've never seen a train like that and red white and blue paint scheme right right and I was like, I need a passenger car set anyways. And I thought it would look pretty good. So I put it on the test track and I was like, I'll take it. So <laughs> I, brought it, I brought it home, dusted it up. Um, it it didn't have a light bulb. It, the light was burned out. So I replaced it and lubed it up and, you know, kind of maintained it and everything. And now it, it's, it's a, it runs so good. Like it's so even along all the tracks with like the power and stuff. It, just, it runs really well. Um, great find. Uh, thanks to my mom. <laughs> yeah, you got one up on me. I've never run one. It's it's probably. Um, I'm very grateful to have it and, and found it. Um, I realized I did some research later. I'm actually doing a historical series video on it. Me and Stephen and Stephen actually helped me find some research because it was very hard to find. But we, um, I'm making a video about it. Um, I don't have a deadline for it yet. But yeah, it was uh, very exciting to get. And it was probably like my third engine in my collection. I had the, what did I have? I had the Hogwarts Express set. I had a starter set, UP switcher, uh, New York Central GP7. And that was like my fourth engine. So yeah, but it was it was a cool find. So That's now, awesome. I, now I know. And whenever I come over to your guys' house, I'll make sure to bring it. Right, right. I need, I need to get my run number one on that bicentennial set. <laughs> and that's one of those things too. Is like, you know, Tyco. They created, they created that engine, and they produced like so many of them. But like, yeah. you can see that no scale. You know, I, I don't. I, well, I know the only company I've ever seen somebody make something like that in the red, white, and blue since like the bicentennial, the recent, the recent era of like since like 2015. You know, I mean, I haven't seen anything since like the presidential train or the uh the, the freedom train you know yeah that, so that, that one strikes a chord with me so the loop back around uh, uh, on that question I, I like like that that uh 
that song that was from your parents' youth that you that you're listening to in the car because you're forced to listen to it. You're like, why do they like this stuff? There is some good to it there. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Any questions that you have, RJ, that you would like to ask? Uh, I can't think of one right now, but I'm, I th think you have one. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of moving on, um, you guys recently visited a post-war, I guess kind of going with that post-war and NPC area theme. Uh, I saw the video on your channel. I'll link it in the description of the podcast. You guys visited a post-war train, train store? Yeah. So uh, we there's this train store or train store, train store in uh, Missouri that when we went to the uh, what were your convention was it? It was a, there's a TCA convention in St. Louis, and uh, we had I I that was really little, but we uh, we had the um the, the buy and sell part was already over, and I was you know craving some trains, so we went over to uh, uh, that uh, train town, and uh, we had looked around. I didn't really understand anything in there because you know I was really little, so I I think I got like an HO like Athern Blue Box engine, and that was it. Um, I I think my grandpa got something else, but we went we came back, and I I I was thinking it would be filled with like HO stuff, and we go in, and I'm just like holy moly. <laughs> and it was just filled, like, filled with, a, I mean, not HO, post-war O-scale Lionel trains, and I, it was, like, I mean, to think that all the stuff in that shop, you know, you'd have to think of, like, the, the person who owns it, his collection, you know? I mean, they, there was some pretty neat stuff in the, in there, and, man, I mean, this is one-of-a-kind stuff, you know? It's stuff you rarely ever see. Well, it's kind of neat. Um, it, it, it's uh, the store is called Train Town, and it's in uh, Rock Hill, Missouri, which is just outside of St. Louis. Um, and uh, there's two brothers um, that run the store, but I believe it's a family store. Um, Bob and John are their names, and um, they specialize in post-war. And the store is it's all stocked with beautiful post-war trains from floor to ceiling. And they have so many neat things from, um, you know, diesel units to, to steam engines to 60. I mean, they had 64, 64 box cars lined up for sale like you were walking through Walmart. And they were all brand new in the box, you know, in the box. And it was just really a really neat train store, store to take in. And not only that, but it was kind of like what you would expect in like kind of an old timey train store, yeah, I think too. Something like from the fifties. You know? So in the front they have the trains, right? And then in the back they had all of these guys that were all just kind of Gen awesome. One. I'm gonna I'm gonna call them Gen One train guys. So I'm Gen Two. You guys are Gen Three. So they're all Gen One train guys in the back, you know. And they're all, oh yeah, yeah, and wire up this way and do that. Oh yeah, yeah, we gotta do it like that. Fixing trains. And, and, I mean, they're not even like they're just friends of the owners. Right, too, right. Know? They just came over there because their wives were out of the house <laughs> and they were just you know craving to talk to trains, you know, doing work on something that the the owners didn't know how to fix. You know, they're just talking about trains. You know, telling everybody that came into the shop about the glory days of trains. You know, that that kind of stuff. But it, yeah, it, it it was neat. You know, it's neat to see not only that that inventory because it's it's not something that you see every day when you walk into a train store. You know, a, a train store where the the inventory, the bulk of their inventory is is all you know 
post-war and pre-war Lionel. And I mean, it's not that that yes, but they also had like a good variety of modern stuff too. I mean, it that's wasn't all just post-war. So, and the stuff they had modern-wise was a lot of it was used, but it was like good prices. You know, it wasn't stuff where they're ripping you off or anything. I mean, it was all from the second-hand market, but you'd think it's new because you know, well cared for. Yeah. Um, and they had everything you needed to get into the hobby as well as everything you needed if you were an expert in the hobby, you know? So it's just kind of one of those cool shots. Yeah, yeah, it was really neat. It was really neat. And uh, um, I, I like, you know, to, to kind of touch back on something that we've talked about earlier in the podcast, I, I just, I really think that it's important um, for, you know, all of these generations to connect up, you know, generation one, those guys, generation two, my group, and generation three, you guys, you know, and just, um, there was a train store, uh, um, I don't know if either of you have ever heard of it, um, called Madison Hardware, um, and, and it was in New York City, and it, it, it's like almost legendary now, um, you know, it's, it's, it was a train store that was open for years, and, and the, the, uh, the two brothers that owned the store had a special relationship with the Lionel um, Corporation, and Lionel would give them you know, all kinds of different things that weren't necessarily offered to to um, uh, other hobby stores, and and uh, it was just a small store. And I hear stories from all of these guys um, from the the first generation, you know, the the Gen One guys. They they um, going to this store with the two brothers, and they were just pulling trains out of anywhere. You'd ask for a train, even a rare one, and they'd walk in the back and come out with it, you know, and and um, uh. uh but that store is no longer here. You know, it, it's, it's gone. And, and I hear stories of that from the guys that had been to that particular store in New York City and make, made trips, you know, special pilgrimage to, 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 the, um, to Madison Hardware. And I kind of got that feel. It's, it's totally different, but I got that same feeling from this store, almost like it was a blast from the past and a relic that really needed to be taken in and shared. Yeah, the I the first, the train world, they have a, they have a store on Long Island called train land. And, you know, still to this day, when I walk in there, they have O scale trains on shelves, like Glenn Snyder display system from the floor to the ceiling. And you, you can just stand looking up at the ceiling, looking at like all the, and just that feeling. But, you know, in times like this, especially after this whole virus stuff, it's really important for everybody in the hobby to go out there and support their local hobby shops. I know uh, here on Long Island, probably 10 years ago, we had close to a dozen hobby stores, you know, trained sellers. And I could, as of, you know, January before the coronavirus, Long Island was down to three. And now because of this virus, we're going to be knocked down to one. Nassau Hobby Center in Freeport. Train, it seems like Trainland's going to end up closing. Train World's going to close their location on Long Island. But yeah, it's, it, you know, even if it's an hour drive or whatever, I'd suggest everybody out there just going and taking a trip to your local hobby store and picking something up to help them out. You make a great point. Great point. You know, we got to be stewards of the hobby. So otherwise, it's just not going to be around, you know? Um, and that, that's a great, great, great point. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I started this podcast. And now, you know, I'm bringing other people with me because, you know, we want to preserve everyone's story. 
I mean, worst case scenario, if we go under um, and stuff like that, um, even with MTH going out uh, next year, that's, you know, kind of a sent shockwaves to the community, I guess. And so, you know, it's, I think it's becoming more and more important of, you know, kind of what you guys are doing with your live stream and, you know, just kind of interacting with everybody and keeping our spirits up and, um, you know, kind of supporting each other. Yeah. And I, I, I think that, you know, the, the whole thing with MTH is awful, but I don't think that it's going to, honestly, in my mind, I don't think it's going to affect anything like train in the train modeling community that much do you i mean if you think about it there are quite a bit of people that are still interested in model trains and it, and it would they still have the power to you know start their own company or use stuff that's from i mean like it's there yeah, is such a, i mean if you i mean it's not as strong as like baseball card collecting but if you think about it it's like there is a strong following for model trains and i don't think that people will let it die that easily. So I'm, th I'm thinking that there was going to be an STH or an RJTH maybe one of these days. You guys catch that little joke? Uh, if I dad, have a dad joke. I'm sorry, dad joke. <laughs> well, that's how MTH was started because uh, back in the day, Mike, Mike Wolf, he owned a hobby store and he was fed up with the, with the quality that Lionel was putting out with their models. And he said, well, I could do a better job than this. And then he went out there and he arguably did. did a better job. And he pushed Lionel to, you know, to these modern trains that we have now. Right. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that, that I bring up um, sometimes, and I, I haven't had a chance to talk with you and I hope, RJ, and I hope that one day that we can, George and I can have a chance to have you on. Um, yeah. Uh, GSW Trains live stream, but I talked with Sam a little bit about this, and I, 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 kind of one of the things that I touched on when we first started, it's really cool to see people from your generation interested in doing this, and you bring a different, um, I mean, your brains are programmed different than mine, and, and that's all right. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong, but they're programmed different, you know, in terms of the way that you are, interact in the community and the, and the way that you perceive things and everything like that. And uh, one of the things that Sam brought up when he was on uh, the GFW Trains live stream was uh, um, something that my, my head doesn't wrap around really quickly, but yours can because you live in the generation that's incorporated this into your lifestyle. How once you guys know that those those um, other people like like-minded train individuals are, are out there it's much easier for you guys to coalesce even though you're around the country mm -hmm. um, and you know if there's one charge if there's one challenge that I can give you three and anybody else that might be out here I mean people are out there and, and you guys have the knowledge and the, the ability that some of the guys in generate most of the guys in generation one, and not very many guys in Generation 2 know how to do that, but you guys can. And I think that, that you know, I hope that by doing this that you feel empowered to try and bring that network together of, of people who like, like trains, whether it's collecting trains, whether it's, it's operating trains, whether it's rail fanning, whatever. Just bring them all together because, they're, they're, you know, it's all just one group and you're out there. You know, and I think uh, 
uh, if you think about it too, if you're if you're involved in model trains, I mean, unless you got like all the money in the world, which goes with the point I'm talking about. I mean, you have something to bring to the table, you know, when it comes to like, I guess per se, a dying hobby, you know. And if it, like for example, um, you have you have to know how to like wire stuff, build, like woodwork, you know, and all that stuff. And if you don't, you 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 are particularly strong in one like one aspect of the hobby and I know other people are different parts, you know, so if you come together, it kind of makes like. Right. Know, no, yeah. no. I, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. No, no bench work and woodworking, mm -hmm. but you don't know how the, to operate the electronics of a, a DCS, MTH DCS. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I was going to say. I mean, kind of going with the, you know, the generation and all that different stuff. Um, you know, again, that's why we're doing this podcast. We're, we're opening up the door of possibilities for everybody to connect and come together, especially during a time like this. I mean, I literally DM'd RJ and Corey, I think on Facebook maybe, and was like, you guys down to do a podcast? Like, I've never done one before. You just want to do it? And they were like, yeah, sure. So we did it, and we talked for about two hours afterwards. And then I got RJ's number and we've been texting ever since um, about trains. And I'm sure if it wasn't on the subject of trains, it would go a lot differently, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's really cool. And I have to tell you, all right, so that's one side of the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. And from the other side of the mirror is me where I've seen this. I've watched your guys' channels. I've seen your, your, your videos, RJ. I've seen your, your podcast, Sam. And it's very inspiring for me as somebody that's been a, a model train enthusiast, uh, you know, my whole life and, and kind of, at, you know, from time seen it as a dying hobby. And it's, it's really a breath of fresh air for, to see young men like yourself, uh, you know, really, you know, the, the gen one, gen three guys, as I keep calling you guys, you know, really embrace the hobby. And, and if, and I've, seen that through mediums that I didn't even know existed three months ago. And um, myself, my generation, my dad's generation, they, they want to do it at this point. I think that a lot of us see many of the things about the hobby kind of withering up and dying, you know, that, that there isn't the demand out there to, to, for MPH to continue, you know, the, 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 the hobby shops on Long Island are, are, are you know, they're, yeah. they're shrinking and shrinking. And, and uh, you know, for people like myself, for, for people like my father, for people like uh, Stephen, you know, it's kind of scary. I mean, it truly is kind of scary. And um, all of us want to see this thing that we love continue. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I can't say enough how cool it is for you guys, and, and if there's any takeaway that I could give to you know you three and anybody else that's watching this, is the challenge the 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 um the, to please carry that torch, use these mediums that you know that you guys have and are familiar with to to further the hobby. That and, and again, I, I mean, shoot, I, um, you know, I you, there's I don't know how to Twitter. You know, <laughs> is that what you call it, George? Tweet, Twitter, whatever. I, I maybe, don't. Know. Maybe, maybe uh, I'll put it on the Insta chat. 
<laughs> All right, more dad jokes. I'll leave it at that. But anyway, there's, you, there are means of communications that you guys do, that you guys know, and the love of the hobby that you all share. And my challenge is, is to all of you is to, you know, uh, coalesce as a group because you're out there and you all know, and I guarantee you, you know, all three of you guys right here, you all know how cool it is when you find somebody your age that's like-minded and you can sit down and talk trains and talk about, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Right. Yep, yeah, definitely and, and you guys know, I, I mean, I know you know that. And I know that there are a lot of other people that are out there that, that, that are like that. And, Again, that's my challenge. To, my challenge to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I'm sure RJ does as well. You know, when I when I thought of this idea, um, I was just kind of like, I like trains. I like the YouTube videos because I was on a lone island by myself, kind of like I talked in the live stream. Um, I was just kind of by myself, so I made a YouTube channel. It's okay. It's pretty cool, but it's just like, some it needs something new something fresh like that fresh breath of air that you were talking about and i was just like well i don't see very many trained podcasts so i'm kind of doing my research there's a couple out there and it's just like there's not one or at least to my knowledge there's not one that goes and goes out of their comfort zone to dm somebody they've never met before and be like hey do you want to talk trains and then Going from there, after you do the podcast, you you make a personal connection um, with somebody like across across the United States, across the world, um, and it just really brings people together. RJ, do you have anything to add on that topic? I mean, I, I touched on it earlier, but before before uh, you know, you really reached out to me. I went 20 years of my life without knowing anybody else my age, or really anybody else for that matter, who you know, was into model trains. I, I mean, I started, I had another YouTube channel a while ago and I sort of had another model train friend, but really now, even if it's just, you know, a handful of us that are communicating back and forth, it's really nice to have that community of people, you know, like-minded as you, um, you know, has the same interest as you, because I certainly have, haven't had that for most of my life. Usually it's my parents or my girlfriend who hear me rant about <laughs> <laughs> yep i yeah i would i would agree um you know it's just just bringing in that fresh fresh air and you know another reason like um i talked about earlier this podcast is for those people who are on the lone island by themselves right yeah i mean i see so many social media accounts so many youtube channels where they have like 10 subscribers and it's really cool like their trains and everything um, for an, for an example on, I don't know, RJ, if you have seen any examples of this, but one of them I believe is Ben's trains. Um, he has like a four by eight layout with like two or three loops and he just runs post-war. And it's just so cool to me that a kid that age is already in the post-war and stuff like that. To That's me personally. On your live stream by chance. Yeah, we, we have him on our lives. Yep, yep. That's who I'm. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. He's very cool. Um, I kind of, you know, there's just so many people out there. I want to learn their stories, and you so know, he's, he's one of those guys too. Where uh, similar to you, what you guys were saying, where you guys talk. I mean, he. I talk to him on a regular basis. <laughs> you know, I, it's it's pretty cool. Him and uh, you know, I've talked to Corey a lot. You know, it's 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 really cool just to connect with a lot of people through uh, trains. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. 
Anything else you guys want to add? Any closing thoughts? RJ, do you have anything more you would like to ask? I, I think we've had a really good conversation tonight. I want to thank you guys for coming on. This was a, this was a great conversation to have tonight. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, we had a fun time. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. You know, I, I appreciate you having us on. It, I can tell you from my perspective, it's really inspiring to see it, you know, the next generation of people that really have a passion for the hobby and have a passion for trains, uh, communicating and sharing that passion and, and bringing their corner of the community together. So hats off to you guys for doing that. Thank you. And hats off to you for your live stream show. Um, I think a lot of people like that. A lot of people enjoy it. I will link your channel on the description below the podcast and stuff like that. So uh, any other closing thoughts before we wrap things up? Just my, I, I'll, I'll say it now. I said it before. I'll say it again. I, I um, really would like to issue a challenge to um, all of you guys that are, you know, in the, the, the third generation of uh, train, train lovers per se is to um, you guys are, have the avenues that you can connect in, in, in ways that, that um, my generation, my father's generation can't even wrap our heads around. Um, uh, you know, you guys utilize those things and come together because you're out there and, and it, it's, um, really important if it's, this is something that you love to keep further in that hobby and, and that, and then too, um, for those of you that are doing it, I, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate the fact that, that, um, people like yourself are empowering others to do that as well. Anything you would like to add, RJ? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, just I'm challenging uh, you guys, RJ, all the viewers out there, do something different. Do something that has never been done before. Get that fresh breath of air. Um, that's that's my words of inspiration to anybody watching this. So, um, again, thank you guys for coming on. Greatly appreciate it. I will link all the appropriate uh, links in the description of this podcast below. And thank you, viewers, for watching the podcast. Um, please make sure to stick around for other podcasts coming out in the near future. And we all sign off. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Take care, Art. Take take care, RJ. Take care, GFW Trains. And we'll see you, me and RJ, we'll see you, the viewers, in the next podcast.